This week's show is brought to you by Beetroot Pro. Beetroot Pro is a supplement for athletes that helps increase blood flow and improve athletic performance. We'll be reviewing this on the show over the next couple of weeks as we uh, are taking it regularly. And um, we'll be giving you an update on our times and, and how much it's helped us with our training and stuff like that. So stay tuned. So check out beetrootpro.com or check out their Instagram page, beetrootpro. Close your eyes, leave all your troubles behind, yes it's Welcome to Eat Sleep Ram Repeat, episode 42. It's myself, Wooly, and Nathan Barden in the house so far. How's Good it going, mate? Good, good. Yes, mate. It's bloody warm, hey? Ooh, oh, storm's about to roll through. Um, we might have a couple of the others jumping in. Sparling is um, probably going to be out for the next couple because he's works just crazy, gone yeah, crazy they just need to employ more staff yeah he's, he's doing like the work of about three or four people yeah but um, his it's injury hard, you imagine doing that as a job i mean it's fair play to him standing up all night baking through the night and when your body really wants to be sleeping and then goes straight to park run and just hits it every saturday yeah. i tell you i suffered saturday because park run was pretty hot hey and our warm down was quite fast, 5.30, okay. And uh, I don't know, I just felt a bit stuffed. And um, I think I just got a bit dehydrated, to be honest. And then we went out yeah, to yeah. Bobby Island. Lucky we left early because um, Matilda was doing a triathlon. And then the um, Susie Quattro concert was on at the Sandstone Point Hotel. And there was no traffic when we were going. But literally, come one o'clock, there was a red line going for kilometers. People trying to get there. Uh, and the place was absolutely ram-packed. It's like basic ticket was like 140 bucks just for a basic ticket. Um, and then you get VIP up to a few hundred dollars. But anyway, we got across onto the island, but it was just getting cooked out in the sun and that. And it was a hot, humid day, wasn't it? Um, oh, just yeah. so hot. Like, just... I was pretty fried. Just, just cooks you. Yeah. No. Well... How's your week been? Yeah, I've had a really good week of running. Um, nothing special, but I was definitely, uh, inspired after talking to Aiden Hobbs mm. and, um, took on board a few of the things that he said, cause after listening to his, like what his average week of training is, isn't, it wasn't really anything crazy. Was it? It was just like lots of running and lots of double running and a good session and a good tempo. That, it's like cyclists do lots of K's like my older brother used to do 200 K a week. I reckon there's a lot, once you can bank, if you bank weeks and weeks and weeks at high kilometers, that makes a big, you look at like, you know, we're not 
track kind of guys we're longer distance guys and they, you know they look at these marathon runners and everything they're all doing like big k's like 150k minimum that's a, like yeah. a 160k is an easy week you know like it's just enough that there must be something to do in all those kilometers gets you just a different level of, of fitness you don't have to do anything too um like you know like ryan crawford does you know loads and loads of k's yeah i bet he's not out there doing all these different tempo sessions and or you know like 800 meters at this pace and then this warm down and this this and that that you know, making it all complicated like i think uh, you can overcomplicate things just go out and run but run yeah. hit the k's and even if you do double run like one in the morning one in the evening if you do 10 in the morning 10 in the evening it's 20k you know um it's or, or 10 and a five whatever you know it's it's i think that makes a difference yeah, if I sort of look back at my best performances, they've all come off of just doing big weeks. Like even when I've run my like quickest 5Ks and stuff, run a good 10K, it's been off of like um, just doing big weeks and then doing the, the uh, sessions at Striders. But this week I had Monday off because we did a long run on the Sunday. And then so Tuesday I run um, 14K because I just thought maybe I do – longer runs and probably less of them and uh i did that along the the train line near mine saw a snake whilst i was running which brown. is i couldn't really see it was so dark but i think it was brown but it was small so i doubt it was like a brown snake probably a keel back or something yeah but i've seen some i've seen some baby browns before mate yeah, and they reckon they don't have the um the venom when they them, bite. The, big teeth, the teeth ain't big enough. Yeah, but when they bite, they don't have the control over what they release. Whereas uh, an, a mature adult one will bite you and only inject a tiny bit. Yeah. But the babies just unload their like venom. So lot. it's actually more dangerous getting bitten by a smaller one. All right. Shit. Yeah, so I did 12K on um no, 14K on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, I did 12K. Uh, Thursday, it was just boiling hot, so I, I didn't run. And then I did 12K on Friday night. Um, park run, I was taking on board what Aiden said. I did a 5K warm-up, did park run, and then did a 5K cool down with you and um, my dad. Jeez, yeah. it was hot, wasn't it? When it was getting hot already, yeah. It was like 29 degrees by like 8 o'clock or something really really warm and then it's on um sunday i ran with um my dad and wax down at sandgate we just did 10k out 10k back so it was over 20k five minute 25 a k average i just might bring up that you were flying uh, man yeah 525 yeah we were, and we were just rate? cruising and my heart rate average was 125 get out so if you think about when in my back i was coming back from my back injury i was having trouble getting it under 140 running like six minute k so in that short period of time all right put that down to like good diet and doing everything that the physio told me to do i was doing walk runs walk runs walk runs and 20k at 525 and your heart rate was averaged 125 yeah how was your dad though was his heart rate yeah he was about the same he was about the same, but Brad was, Brad was more week. like one one seventy average. Oh, Brad would have been struggling a bit. Yeah, I think I would have. 
but that's stupid. Struggling a bit. Maybe I I think sometimes that I do a few of my easy runs too bit too fast. But then I'm I would have probably been hitting about or at that pace. I probably fuck twenty k at that pace. I would have been a bit high, a lot higher than you guys. Well, Brad was saying that because we were saying like just slow slow the runs down, man. He was saying he just can't handle running that slow. Yeah. Like, you know, on an, on just an average day, if he's running sort of like, cause I was saying, mate, you run six minute K's and he was just saying, oh man, it's just too slow. But your dad's done a few K's this week. Cause he'd done 60 K up to park run. Then he did park run in the 20 K review. He must've done. Yeah. Mate, he did 89, 89 K. And I said, oh, he, he said that at the car when we finished. Cracking. I week. said, go and jog another K. Yeah. Mate, get it to hit 90. He was like, nah, I'm not bothered. Uh, that for me was 73k for the week, so Ooh, I've gone cracking week you know, 40, 45, 71, 73. So I'm just going to keep yeah. trying to gradually increase till Christmas until I can hit maybe a couple of hundred. Keep taking weeks. the beetroot juice, keep taking the uh mushrooms. Yeah, we give a shout yeah, out you... for the uh, beetroot. I've been taking it, yeah, and um, well, I don't know, I haven't run yet, so I don't know what we'll do is um. We'll take it for a week and then all we'll give a um all we'll give a review. Give it a good yeah, uh, you know, have a good crack at park run and see if it's made any difference. I, I haven't had a bad run since I've been taking that stuff. It's not been uh, it's not been um uh, recommended by Alberto Salazar, so we're okay. We should <laughs> we're be safe. all clear. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. But it's yeah. I I actually quite like the taste of it. Do you? I don't a bit well, it does taste like beetroot. I love beetroot. That's so exactly. It, Brad it, 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 had it, it, some on, on Sunday and he said exactly the same. Tastes like beetroot. Yeah. I was Wanted like, down yeah. beetroot. So I'll put some of my greens in with it and it tastes like, oh, I quite like that. Or put some amino, extra amino. But it's got amino acids in it, I think. So it's quite a good little mix of stuff. Potassium, magnesium, sodium. There's, a, there's everything in it you need. So like a good, uh, that's, a, that's a good morning, like, uh, or just a drink to take before you go for a run. I reckon that's good. It's um, got all the electrolytes in it. We'll just see, uh, see how we, if we get any improvement or whatever. Yeah. Well, um, it says t- uh, four to two hours before. So I got up at least two hours before park run and took some. And yeah. um, like, I only sort of, cr- well, I didn't cruise, but I wasn't going flat stick it during the park run. No. But definitely I've had it like, I took it like three times before running last week and every time i took it i had a good run mm. and um i don't know whether that's because i'm getting like rapidly fitter again but i have noticed my heart rate's been a lot lower yeah so maybe there's something behind that we're going to get cameron on who's um the uh, the guy that runs that company to explain it all the ins and outs of it because he gave us the beetroot stuff and the um what's the other stuff the you got the other stuff's got creatine yeah. beta aniline in mm. So that'd be yeah, good. So we're going to uh, give that a nudge before too. Work, before you run pre-workout, a bit like pre-workout. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about you? you? Well, my plan is I've, I've come, I've come up with this plan as much as my personal training um, qualifications and history and kickboxing instructor in history uh, has allowed me. And I'm just going to increase my weeks. The, last week I did 30 K for the week. So I did um, two 10 K runs so uh tuesday night wednesday night and then at thursday friday off and then did 10k 
Saturday with Park Run. That's my 30k. This week I'm going to do 40k. I'm going to increase by 10k every week till I get to 100k. I'm going to do a couple of weeks at 100k, and then I'll have a two. I think just two weeks to taper down for the Dust Till Dawn 100k race. Yeah, cool. Um, so I think if I can get to 100k, the only time I've ever done 100k is week is when i did the brisbane trail ultra so <laughs> and that was 110 that was done in the actual day of the race um so that's my, my plan and we just see how we see how we go and uh and i use park run as my tempo run so a little 5k warm up beforehand do do park run tempo and then do like a 5k warm down it'll be 15k you know perfect for that and park run yeah so as long as I don't get too hot and then just try and work out have to get up early to do some big runs um, or maybe do some double runs. and uh, Definitely double them up. Get up early. Up. Try and yeah. get it done before the heat. Mm. Even yep. on Sunday, we, we, we started at five. But by the time we turned around, it was getting really, really hot. Yeah. You see some At least you can jump in the sea afterwards, though. Yeah, yeah, you could. Tide was actually out, so you'd have to go up a bit further. But oh, yeah. in that run, we saw um, <laughs> we saw someone in the like not far from where we started at. Um, I think it's called yeah the Shawncliffe yep. Jetty, yeah, and down to um, Hornybrook Bridge all the way over, and you sort of turned around. You go over Hornybrook Bridge. Yeah, yeah. So we turned around, okay. sort of like a long run. Not not quite at Woody Point, but there's you an area the there where you drive through like a massive car park. Yeah, where they have the jetty to jetty, and yeah. there's like you get some strange characters around there. But we saw like someone who was completely like, <laughs> I don't know whether they just hadn't slept or if they were just off their dials. And then we seen a um, another lady with her headphones on, just fully dancing, having like a rave on her own, not far from there. Yeah, geez, you see some strange um, characters early in the morning, eh? You run past all the homeless people in their tents up there. Then there's a few hidden yeah. away in there in some areas. Um, then you got to climb up the hill out of Woody Point to get up to come back towards Margate, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah but we didn't get that far. Oh, so no, we... you weren't there. You were down. You were at Sandgate. Sorry, mate. We turned around, yeah. come back over the bridge. Yeah. All of us complained about how torturous that bridge is. 3K just straight across. The wind. Did you get it wind was getting or... windy too. Swung around, so we had the wind in our face on the way out, wind in our face on the way back. Just the usual. I've cycled over that many times, and that used to be um, when they had the wooden bridge there. That was what was used to cycle on, and the cars would have the the bitumen the bridge, the the concrete bridge. But then they got then they got rid of basically both of them. But I remember once we were cycling back over the bridge, and there was like two or three people down off their bikes they must have won in the wet and they must have gone that old wooden bridge they must have slipped to hit each other taking each other all of them out sitting there waiting for an ambulance two guys on the floor cyclists it does it used to get windy and wet it's not crappy there and then you've got to try not to cycle into the people who are um fishing but now yeah. with the new bridge some people were like there's some people just walking just take up so much space that you have to be really careful of uh, people with dogs and they don't realize it's because you you're going quite fast on a bike. You have to be, you know, like you see, it's, yeah. can be a bit dangerous. It's only about three meters wide too. So there's yeah, one meter is for walking. And then the other two is the left and the right of the, you know, yeah, you've got to dodge each other coming the other way. 
for the and bikes. Sometimes and, cyclists, yeah. you get two coming at you, they're two abreast, they don't want to go single file, you know, and yeah. uh, can get pretty easy to get nailed there, I reckon. But you can get, oh, that wind can be a sod sometimes. You're on your own, you've got no one to tuck in behind for, yeah, blow yeah. off your bike. I was telling them about um, when we, we were training for Gold Coast and there was me, Glenn, Kim, Liam. Oh, there's a whole heap of us. And we were running across that bridge and it's the worst wind ever. It was like literally blowing us into the cycling lane. Like yeah. it was... Steve, even Steve Sparling was with us as well. And the moment he turned off the bridge, it just stopped. It was just the weirdest thing. Yeah. And then he sort of fell over, knee fell over, didn't he? Because he yeah, was he like, he was into leaning the into the wind and then it went. Oh, yeah. Nearly went into the bushes. Yeah. So, um, hey, I've had some, uh, I've got some, um, I've got some good uh, scientific data here from my uh, altitude uh, machine I've been using. So, my previous, um, just explain to them what the what machine okay. it, so and I've how got it works. A, and that. I've got an altitude machine. So basically, you have got a mask on it. You put it, you put it on your face, and rather than it going blowing into a tent, you just sit and breathe, breathe it. And so you can. What it does is it takes the uh, the amount of air uh, oxygen out of the air. So as you go up in altitude, the air is thinner because there's less oxygen in it. So at ground level, we're what twenty point one percent oxygen. Um, and so every, you know, every meter you go up in altitude off the ground. So if you're 500 meters off the ground, the air is, there's less oxygen in the air than there is at sea level. And then you go a thousand meters. And then I noticed that when I went and did trail of the bear in France, it's a thousand meters. And actually, you know, the winner, uh, the lad who won, um, the Mount glorious and he's from Italy running in the alps and he said oh there's a real difference running here because you don't have the altitude and he said he could you know he noticed the difference so then you know and you go up like so everest is what nearly you know, nine thousand nine nine thousand meters above sea level so the air is just like there's nine i think it's yeah. about 9.2 percent oxygen there so that's half the oxygen we have so people that i think in kenya they're at about 2,200 meters above sea level. So you imagine your body as you grow up when you're born, you just develop more red blood cells, your heart's bigger, your lungs are bigger because you, you, you've got less oxygen to be able to do what everyone else does at sea level. So your body adapts and you've got this sort of slight unfair advantage in the fact that your hematocrit level is higher and that is what governs how much red blood cells you produce. So someone at sea level... And someone at 2,000 lives and born 2,000 meters above sea level is going to have a higher hematocrit level, higher red blood cells. And what you can do if you want to cheat is you can go and take EPO, which uh, some cyclists who I mentioned names did, and uh, they sort of put themselves on a level playing field. And so there comes the discussion of should everyone be able to take what you want to, and then have a certain level? But they just said, no, it's just cheating. So what you want to do is you have to go and live and train at altitude to get the same effect or you could get an altitude machine like i've got and uh you know an hour a day i'll put that on and go to what you know anywhere between 10 and 15 percent oxygen and um the effects i've had in just a month are that my hematocrit level has gone from well in 2020 it was 0.37 
but that might just be an anomaly. But used uh, the, the last blood test, um, which was only a, uh, four weeks before this blood test, was 0 0.40. And then in just four weeks of using the machine, so it takes a while for your body to get used to it and then start the effect. So they'd say it takes about three weeks to really start seeing an effect. Well, after four weeks, I had another blood test and I'd gone up from 0 0.40 to 0 0.42. And people might go, well, that's not much, but that's a 5% increase. So if someone said to you, are oh, you going to run 5% faster than your part run today than, than last week? That's the same as what nearly a pair of super shoes would do. Yeah. Actually, a pair of super shoes gives you about like 3, 3%, they reckon, faster. Yeah, 4%. So I've gone up 5% in just um, uh, a few weeks without having to do anything else. And you can't, that hematocrit level would not increase unless you took drugs. And I'm not taking drugs, so I'm using the altitude machine. And my red blood cell count has gone from four point four to five so um where did you get I these would... tests done just a normal blood test or is well, it because i'm diabetic i have my blood tests done every three months to check what my long-term blood sugar is but my doctor always tests for like you know, lymphocytes and everything else and everything else in my blood my white blood cells and everything else, just to make sure everything's kosher and that's a really good way to pick up if you got cancer because you have an increase in white blood cells mm. um and um yeah so i just get this this done um and you can go and have a blood test done to check your your iron levels your um you know your your potassium and all that as well to make sure that you are getting enough nutrients and so yeah that's enough to see what it is in three months time i'll have another one another blood test and um we'll see see, see if it keeps there. increasing i just yeah. googled here it's E10 in Kenya is 2,400 metres above oh, sea yeah. level. So if you live at how many metres? 2,400. So 2, okay, 2,440 metres above sea level, the, the oxygen percentage is 15.4 compared to at sea level, which is like where we are, 20.9%. Oh, yeah. That's a big difference. Like that's that's your body would make some big adaptions. If you were like that, imagine breathing like that all day, every day. That's why they say the first couple of weeks you, you get there is just horrible. It takes a while. Yeah, you get probably get headaches and a bit of altitude, you know, sickness as such. But you you'd have trouble, you'd have trouble breathing, you know. And um, yeah, when you went for a run, for sure, you definitely notice a different. Feel a bit lightheaded and everything. But if you took yourself to, you bet your heart rate's way higher. Yeah, if you took yourself to like. 6,000 meters above sea level, you'd be at 9.8% oxygen. So you'd oh, really feel that you'd feel an oxygen there. mask. Yeah. You would definitely feel that you'd, you'd need some help there. So like, even if you go th like, th um, if you took yourself to 1,220 meters above sea level, that's 17.9% oxygen rather than 20.9%. So yeah, so anyway, we'll uh, just see how the... Um, is, there, is there anywhere in Queensland where you can, to that, or you know, anything similar? Oh, you've got 500 metres, which is like, I think, what's the mount? Um, the highest summit, oh, you have to go and live up top of Mount Glorious, which is about 550 metres above sea level. Uh, yeah. But that's only going to give you... Not much. 550 metres, I mean, God, you're going to be like 19, 19.5 percent so it's any different yeah difference but um yeah so anyway i'll just check that on an hour a day i did two hours a day because i was 
working from home. I didn't have to make any phone calls, so just chuck the mask on. Oh, yeah, it's good to know that it's um, it's working. Be good yeah, well, to check in next, another couple of months. Well, 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 when I have my blood test done again in February, uh, we'll see how much of a jump we've had from there. You get to a point of diminishing returns, you know, and obviously the more you do, the more you, the more you'll increase. But that's just that was off basically about an hour a day average. Um, last week I didn't do that much, but I'm just trying to get back into it now, just to sort of keep up the experiment. And um, yeah, and I'd noticed I did say didn't I? Not uh, um, was it last? Uh, not last week. The week before I was running. I'm doing like five minutes thirty a k, and my heart rate's sitting about the same. So for those ten. 10k at maximum at 10k runs so well that's me just getting fitter as well but that should that, definitely do a time trial or something before christmas yeah it's so bloody hot isn't it i know but you could do it really early somewhere yeah try and pick a you know shaded somewhere that's shaded yeah yeah for sure anyway that's our little experiment going on um we've got too much going on other than it's so hot is uh the racing's really sort of dipped down there's, We've got, there's no like, um there's not even any local results to go through no nah, there's a big one this weekend though it's the gold coast 50 uh i hope it's not too hot for them i think it's meant to cool down a bit isn't it it could be rain on sunday but um yeah, i haven't seen the weather report but I'm for them. definitely driving down for that maybe get a few interviews whilst we're down there yeah yeah local guy paul gorlay's running he's um yep yeah. His training's been going really well. So um it's gonna be cooler. Yeah, it's only twenty-four on Sunday, so that might work out all right for, for people, hey? Yeah, so, that's that's better good. than last year. I think last year was just cooking. And it's like it says there's there's rain. So I mean if it's cloudy, that'll definitely help. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. So good luck to everyone with your tapering, get your nutrition in, and uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll be down there. About jumping in the sea afterwards. Ooh, that's what I'd be thinking about. <laughs> it's like when I do the dust till dawn at hundred. The first thing I'd be thinking about is lay down, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I um sort of reconnected with um Peter Null. We were talking about him when we spoke to Aiden. Yep. He's like Australia's best ever steeplechase athlete. He said, "Yeah, man, I'm I'm keen to come up and have a chat." And um. The problem is, is he's so modest, like everything's like not a big deal, but he's, I think he's been to two, two Olympics, Commonwealth games. I think he's won the Australian steeplechase championships more than any other Aussie ever. So we're probably going to have to really work to get him to, (laughs) to get him to talk himself up, but he's going to come up. So that's coming up soon. And we're going to do a big Christmas, um, episode yes. here we're going to get everyone live in the same room well, video put it on video put it on youtube um oh we should give a shout though because the ryan crawford one did you put that on uh, yeah that's on youtube ryan crawford one is on youtube so go to steve's uh site and uh for those people around the world you'll watch some of his surfing videos and that he's got a really good uh drone steve is a ace with the drone and oh, uh did a really did good a video better. out on uh, was it porn cart right there at Malula Bar. Yeah, I've done a few. I've done some really good yeah. staffing ones at no um, Moffat, yet, Moffat Beach. Yeah. I did a really good one. Noosa, um, you did Noosa surfing, didn't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, Noosa on nothing. That was that big. That was quite a big day, right? Like near New Year's Day there last year, of, there was a lot of surfers out, and it was crazy. Big cyclone was just pumping surf. I actually went up there to film a mate, but as soon as I got the drone up in the air, I couldn't tell which who he was. Who, yeah. Everyone wears black, so that it was just impossible to find him. In black wig. Was it? Was it? Uh, did he have a wetsuit? Yeah, because it was yeah. like raining real bad. You got to know like, the board. You just got to know the board. And if it's a, if most people have got white boards. And yeah, you had a white board and a, and a black um, rashy. So you spot me with my big maroon. I've got that big, um, that um, maroon big long board with the with the like real nice cloth uh, pattern on it. Um, yeah. I don't think you've seen it yet. I am. I think that day I got like 40 minutes of drone footage. And then when I checked the um, footage, when I got home, I only got him getting one wave and I was like sailing over the top of him, trying to find him. So I just couldn't take him off. But um, we've we've got, um, we're going down to Byron Bay for a few days between Christmas and new year. Oh, actually is it um, after new year and uh, that week after new year. So take the boards and, Get the drone out as well. Get a bit of drone footage. Oh, wicked. You'd yeah. get some shark footage there if you oh, they probably would hang around for long enough. Further. Yeah. Loads yeah, of sharks around enough. there. You know, they reckon that's what happened to that um, backpacker from, I think he's from Sweden. Theo, Theo, someone his name is. Really good podcasts about that. He was in a when bar. Was he was in a bar in Byron, but it'd be probably like four or five years ago now. And then he just disappeared. And they've never seen him or heard from him since. But then when they, um, he's one of his like relatives hacked his email address and got into his Google maps of where he actually went on his like final hours. And it's just the strangest, bizarre story. I'll put where the link to that. Did he go, did he go surfing? No, no, he, he, well, they don't know. They just don't know what happened to him, but he went on just this mad journey through the middle of the night through bushland and stuff like. And it's just all completely unlike him, you know, like no phone tracking pinged off. A yeah. Seat. That's, that's how, that's how, that's how they tracked him through his phone. Right. And he's just running at points, walking at points, running through bushland. Found his body? Never found his body. But and found it, his phone? Not, never found his phone. his phone. But they've got his like, it ran out of battery at some point and that's where they sort of lose, um, connection but i'll put this link in the in the show notes to that so check it out but they one of the theories is that he climbed up the cliff to get signal and fell in and there and it was the time of year where there's like loads of great whites around and they reckon he's just been eaten yeah he just died on him when he hit hit the yeah reckon he might have slipped, slipped off the cliff knocked himself out and just drowned or you know uh they there's a friend of ours and um do you remember just before the Rio Olympics that lad went missing and they found him washed up on the beach? Do you oh, remember? No. That? No. He was a friend of ours, brother, and oh, uh, he God. went to Rio with his friend just before the Olympics, and um, they may or may not have taken something, and he was being a bit irrational. And they reckon what he did is he was sat on the beach and he saw there's a little island off, and he decided he'd go for a swim, and uh, he never made it, and he was too far out and then drowned. And his body, like a day later, washed up on the beach. And the, the parents got a photo of the body from the press before to say, oh, is this your son? So it all oh went God. Like crazy. Yeah, and it, unfortunately it was him. Yeah, and they just did death by misadventure. But it does happen, you know, you don't know what sometimes 
that people do and uh, on the holiday the other side of the world stupidest things can happen to you you do stupid thinking gosh shouldn't have done that uh, well that's the know. thing with this um theo guy like he was a really normal person didn't take drugs drunk but not like you know never got out of control like us but i think what happens in byron is and it's um it, it happens quite a lot is the they've got like a pretty big homeless community down in byron and and there's loads of like street kids and that and they actually spike people's drinks like they'll if you if you walk up to them and start chatting to them they'll be like oh man here do you want to swig in my beer and it's laced with like lsd and stuff like that and people have gone into these massive like psychosis you don't know do you sometimes where you're eating you're in a foreign country abroad you don't know what they put in you and then someone's following you because then they know something's gonna happen and then they can get all your money off you can you imagine if you earn 10 bucks a day and they've got all these tourists you know they've got money and they've got at least a nice watch or something else i mean like our friend Lee, when he was a kid, he had his trainers, his jeans nicked off him at gunpoint in South Africa because they just for a pair of jeans at gunpoint. We're going to shoot you, give us your jeans. You know, it's like, like this, this, you know, you, we, you sort of live, uh, can live quite a protected life, you know, unless you, you some yeah. people come from don't realize world. how safe it is here, eh? And everyone's oh, like, with the crime rates pretty low, it's just kids nicking cars and, and all that in it, really. Um, but um yeah there's some people that have lived through some stuff that we uh, don't even know exactly even man. exactly yeah so we're well, pretty lucky we, we, <laughs> we've got people we got worry about just how hot it is we're complaining about, about how hot it is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're running yeah. off 200 300 shoes <laughs> yeah but that's man that's in i'll put the link to that in the um show notes yeah. but that's a really interesting story because it's just as it unfolds and and the more information comes out, it's it's just crazy. Like it's real, and there's all different theories. I think that he could have come across a homeless person who, um, was taking him to a like an illegal rave on this certain beach. And there's a uh, another know, theory that he took so many drugs that he just lost the plot and he's joined a hippie commune on top of Mount, one of the mountains up there, and. He just doesn't he remember just, who he um, is, and oh, it's a crazy story. And 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 the, for the parents and friends and everything, it must just be just really do your brain in because you just oh, like couldn't the, stop thinking about it. But if you know, it does not to put people off, or you know, like a, any country, you know, but like Australia because it is such a great country. And these things like that, you go, well, that just seems. Whip. If you go into any police station in Australia, there is a board up next to the like missing with persons. all the missing people and well not all of them just a fraction of the missing yeah. people from the area and um it's quite surprising you look at some of these photos, pictures of people and they look like you or me normal kind of some of them are teachers and things or just and um a lot of foreign people do go missing they just don't they just come to australia and just if something happens to them they go oh i'm just gonna go and live a whole life different life now because you're only allowed in australia for a certain amount of time so they whether they go and just find a commune or just don't want to be found or just go, you know what, I'm going to just live. You don't know what goes through their mind or what's happened to them. They might, you know, you expect most of those people you would hope are still alive, but yeah. some of them could be, you don't know where they are. Yeah. But if Byron, but if Byron's beautiful and that just the oh, it's such a good time. And we're 150 meters from the, right by the beach, 150 meters from the town center. So, be great looking forward to that 
Uh, anything else we want to talk about? No, I thought maybe one of the others might have jumped in, but maybe they're tr- trying to get a run in before this storm rolls it's through. Running, yeah, we sort of luck. Well, I think we've been lucky. I can hear it rumbling. It's going north and south of where we are. That's typical summer, though, isn't it? Typical Queensland summer weather. It's baking hot, humid. Then you have a storm. It cools it all down. Then starts again. Yeah, uh, you can feel it through the day when I'm at yeah. work. I'm working outside, and you can just like today. I was like, "This is going to storm." You just get that feeling, yeah. the the humidity just and the heat. It's just crazy, and it just mm. sort of pops. Yep, and it's all happening. But yeah, not. Not really that much to talk about, to be oh, We fair, should say but... well done. Well done to Mathilde, by the way, for her first ever triathlon at the weekend. 250 swim with the tide. It was over in no awesome. time. Awesome. Well uh, bike, 6K bike on a mountain bike with slick tires and a 2K run. And that headwind apparently was pretty brutal on the, because it was two laps on the bike, two laps on a run. Um course but um funny that's funny because we the way we look at sport because we just do we you know all our families and friends and that do sport matilda's the first person in our family to do anything like that really so even even like the red run 8.6k and the triathlon yeah first person in our family to do anything sort of um sporty kind of competitive like that so we sort of take it for granted that we're doing it all the time and it can be like quite foreign for for some people, you know, even just a 10 K run can be quite like, I man, even doing like park run is a big step for people to, yeah. to just, I've got a mate who I'm trying to like convince he's like lost loads of weight and he's getting super fit. And I've been saying to him, mate, park run is made for you. Like it's perfect for you. And he's like, yeah. I'll go, I'm going to get a bit fitter first. And get I'm like, you don't first, have to yeah. get fitter. People walk it like just, just jog around, yeah, you'll yeah. be fine. I'm like, I'll come and do it with you. And he's like, oh, man, just give me another week. Give me another two weeks. And this is one of them. Get in there. Once you're never you going to feel Once you get ready. Do it. Yeah. It's the same with you get up, you know, you, know, you go, oh, yeah, we've got to get up, drive, go and do a big run. Like when when uh, we, Steve and I and we went with, um, um, uh, who do we go with? Who's the triathlete guy? The Mount Glorious for that run. Bernie. Oh, no. No, yep. no yep. burning. And uh, you're like, oh, God, you're getting up early. And that. But once you get there and you're running, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I actually came yep. and did it, you know. Um, we were talking about that. I was thinking, I could have shut my eyes. Go, no, I'm not feeling great today. I'll, I won't go. But once you get, you go, sod it, get out of bed, put your socks on and that. Um, That's what we, said, yeah. we were saying on Sunday because Brad was struggling a bit the last 3K. And he said, oh, I'm going to get a drink. You guys just keep going. So me and dad just kept running. And then dad said to me, I could have never done this on my own. And I said, yeah, that's why we all do those big group runs on a Sunday. Because, you know, when we run down at, on uh, Sandgate on a Sunday, there'll be like me, Kim, Peter Lewis, Liam, Glenn. Oh, there'll be a whole bunch of us. And the whole time we're just laughing and joking. And then before you know it. Makes you know, it go so quick. It's done. And you're like, shit. I know it's a difference. You never do that on your own. Well, when I did that 45K, um, that South Boundary Road return, I did it on my own. Then two weeks later, I did it with um, with Steve. We did it half, over half an hour quicker. And I think it's because you've got someone there. You just, you know, you, you, and it does make it a lot more enjoyable when you're doing those oh, longer sure. distances with, with someone. Um you know, it does, um, 
such a grind you, trying you, to do you, a solo. Yeah, it is hard, but you can get it. You can do it, but it is just it is that just that extra five percent harder doing it on your own. But uh, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. All right. Oh well, let's um wrap it up. We'll um we'll be back with a show. Probably try and get some live footage from the GC50. I'll be down there. I'll be driving down if anyone wants to jump in and um, hopefully get a couple of interviews or something whilst we're there. Yeah, mate. All right. Thanks for listening, team. Catch you next week. We'll uh, see you soon.
I'm contemplating, hesitating on exploitating my mind, 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 mind.